<clears throat> okay, we ready? Get my instrument. <laughs> Clear my instrument. Are you ready to go? I am. Yeah, I know. You see me scratching? I am so itchy. I don't. Why am I so itchy? I don't know if I have to change my soap. I mean, I know it's been cold here in the Chicago area, and you know, you're in the house, and the heat is on, and I probably should sit in a humidifier on top of a humidifier or go to a sauna or something because, man, my skin is dry. I've been using, do you, I mean, I'm given your age, do you even know what a back scratcher is? You know, the stick, wooden or a plastic stick that you can, with little mimics fingers, it can actually go back there like someone's scratching your back. Oh, 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 does that feel good? But the problem is I'm using the back scratcher everywhere. On my calves, on my arms, on my stomach, everywhere. Jesus, I'm just, oh. I don't know. Okay, I'm just itchy. You know what else I'm itchy to do? I'm itchy to do a podcast. <laughs> what can you say? I can always find a segue. It's, it comes naturally to me, my friend. What can I say? <laughs> All right, are you ready in there? Because I'm ready out here. I'll give you the three S's. I'll give you the... Uh, the countdown, you give me the music, and I'll give you a podcast. How's that? Right in the book, number 295. I guess that's a big deal. It's got a five at the end, 295. Creeping up on 300, so. All right. Star, smile, strong. You know, you can do that five times a day. You can tell, you can tell yourself to be, you know, to be a star, to smile, and to be strong. That, that, that doesn't get old, right? Some daily reaffirmations, if you will. Okay, enough. Ready? <laughs> I'll do it again. Star, smile, strong, and here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget to subscribe or rate this podcast. But most importantly, get out there and spread the word. Tell your friends. Send them a link. Send them a message. Tell them that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs, too. Your loyalty and devotion is... Much appreciated as we enter this new year of 2022. So start it off a good way. If you like what you hear, don't forget, you go to WGNRadio.com. Go to the podcast section. Click the, pro the prompts for this podcast, and you will find all previous, or pretty far back, I should say. It, just keep going to the back. Just keep scrolling down. And hit load more, load more, load more. There's almost six years' worth of load mores in there. According to my count, there's there should be 294 past episodes in there. So, we're inching up to number 300. Should happen probably sometime in February or early March. But you can't get to 300... Unless you do episode number 295. So, um, interesting news breaking uh, over the last week or so, uh, especially here in the Chicago area. And um, 
I get to say I told you so. I um, I have a love-hate relationship with the I told you so concept because I pride myself on on being able to sniff out a story or or be ahead of the curve of noticing things that the average person doesn't always notice. I I always look at, at things and and immediately try to assess them and look to see where they're leading. Most people um enjoy the moment. They 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 something happens, they take it in and they enjoy it. I can't enjoy it. <laughs> I I enjoyed for a while, but I'm always looking deeper. I'm looking past it. I'm looking to what are the implications. That's the way my brain works. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it does afford me many times a chance to say, I told you so. Because while everybody's just living for the moment, seizing the day, carpe diem, if you will, um, I'm already looking past that. Okay, oh, this is here? Okay, fine, what's next? <laughs> next. So um, I do dig deep. I do analyze. I do try to interpret and extrapolate and and say where are things going, and I do try to get ahead of the curve. And I'm I'm happy to say that since I, since it... Um, since it takes up so much of my time, since it dominates so much of my thinking, then I'm happy to say that a lot of times I will be able to predict where something's going long before it happens. Um, Sometimes I refrain from the I told you so, but this one, I'm going to give you the big I told you. I mean, I told you so about COVID, folks. Go back to, to March of 2020. Everything I predicted and every way that I that I feared we would act as a society in, in dealing with this, we have done. And just a little quick aside here. I mean, here we are in, in mid-January. And it just occurred to me, everything we've done, everything, everything we have done to combat covid has failed. Everything we have done. There's only one thing in our behavior that we have done to succeed to give us a little fighting chance that you, in theory is that we developed this vaccine and we did it in record time. And whether you like Donald Trump or not, and I'm not being political here, I'm not a big Donald Trump fan. I said to you many times before, but you've got to give you got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, it sounded kind of hokey this uh, project warp speed. But whatever he did, whether it, and whether whether he did anything or he just created the opportunity for it to be done by providing funds and 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 um, and uh, you know bringing together all these different parts. Whatever whatever project warp speed was, you know take. If you don't, if you want to, then take Donald Trump away from it. That's fine. If he detests you so much, that's fine. But you must, you must, at the very least, credit Project Warp Speed for developing this uh, the, this vaccine in warp speed time. 
If you listen to the original estimates, when COVID first started, the thought of a, of a vaccine, which came up right away, like, okay, can we get a vaccine? That's the irony of this, too. When this first broke, our first concern was, well, how do we get a vaccine? We wanted a vaccine. Everybody wanted a vaccine. How do we save ourselves from this? Uh, give us a shot. We were, we, were, we were screaming for a shot. And then, when we went, and then when the vaccine became available in record time, in this country at least, and, and, and around the world, but I'm just using the United States since we're just the leader of everything here, at least we used to be, 40% of the people in this country have still not taken it. Maybe it's 38 now. That's nothing to clap. That's nothing to, to take a bow over. Still, a huge amount of 330 million people, okay? But at initially, that was our first that was our first demand. Give us a vaccine. That's why I think the medical community and, 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 and the government were shocked that when it was here, people didn't want to take it. That was what that's what we were calling for. We were demanding a vaccine and we delivered it. But everything else that we have done behaviorally and legislatively or governmentally whatever has failed complete f we are right now if you look at it my gosh uh, everything that that was being warned against back in march of 2020 when this first started to break and the fears and the um and and and, and the plans were being made that we wanted to make sure that a majority of people didn't get this um virus we wanted to make sure because we were afraid that it would overtax our um, our hospital situations. It would overtax our schools. It would overtax our workforce. It would attack them. We, w- we wouldn't have the people to do the work, to do our, our daily business, especially hospitals. We were afraid how it was going to affect our economy. All these fears, we were, we were, we were bracing, and, and, and all of the, the, the public health and medical people were saying, we've got to put this under control because if this gets too infectious, um, we are going to have many sections of our society paralyzed. And those were, that was, those were the warnings. And that's why we initially closed down our our economy for a while. We thought this might, might be a hopefully a temporary thing. And that's why we were creating these, um, you know, these temporary uh, hospitals, which I don't understand why we don't have those anymore. Here in Illinois, we used one of the huge convention centers, McCormick Place, one of the biggest and most famous in the country. And they created like a thousand hospital beds in like two weeks. And then they never used it. They spent millions, I'm several hundred, I'm sure, I'm sure tens of millions because they got it up so fast. And then they didn't use it because things started to slow down a little in the summer and they dismantled it. And now we could have used it. So all that money down the drain. Down the drain. We could have used it now. All these ICUs, all these hospital beds, uh, all these medical staffs. Completely overrun, overtaxed. Every warning, every dire warning that was given to us almost two years now has come true. 
<laughs> and, I, you know, I, once again, if, if, if this is the I told you so uh, episode of the podcast, then I told you so. I knew this was going to happen. I said this at the beginning. We are going to, at the very least, we have to have patience. This is not going to take two seconds. This is going to be uh, people, I, 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 once again, I, I looked at it from a realistic standpoint, not this rainbow and puppy attitude that we are still trying to impose on people. I'm watching these public health people, and they are still trying to spin this. Even President Biden are still trying to spin this in a positive, optimistic way. I'm all for that, but we have to get real. It's been two years. I know we're acting like children, but can you treat us? Let's try, as I said earlier, a couple of uh, podcasts ago, can we, can we agree that what, we're, what we've been doing hasn't worked? And we need a new strategy. Can we agree on that? Because that, that the evidence there is 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 undeniable. Whatever we have done in the last almost two years now to combat Corona in the United States as well as around the world has failed miserably. Our civilization, our race, our 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 culture, worldwide, globally, as well as the United States. We get an F, no question about it, F. We failed on every point because we are in a worse point right now, as I talk to you right now, than we ever were, even with a vaccine, which is ironic. So uh, I hate to say it, but I told you so. And the only reason I did is because I looked at it from a very realistic situation of knowing how people are and knowing how especially in today's world, and I've been screaming about this, that we are selfish and we are narcissistic and we want what we want and we do what we want and then we rationalize our behavior and it's wrong. And then it, and then, and, and as inevitably, as this thing is spreading around, everybody that told you they've been careful, oh, well, well, we got together, but we're being careful. Well, they're not because it's spreading like wildfire. So that's 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 rationalization. That's doing what you want and then trying to 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 appease yourself or others. And then it doesn't happen. Then then they get it anyway. And now you're even seeing, you know, high profile political people who have been screaming about wear your mask. They're getting it too. We're showing. The mayor of Chicago got it. Tested positive. The the governor of Illinois has been exposed to it. Congress people have gotten it. Uh, major celebrities aren't even telling you they've gotten it. All very high. There's a lot of people. Everybody has been walking around, letting their guard down, and they know it. And they've gotten it. So we've had a big F. And I and I and and the only is and my my point is at this point, can we just be instead of always trying to find this rainbow because that hurts the. the the people that are in charge that are giving us this this mixed message, as I said in our podcast many a few months ago before, this has been the worst communication um, campaign in the history of, of 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 communication. It was the most important, and it's been the worst. A, a huge F, F plus on that. And someone who 
uh, has been in the media and went to college and studied communication and worked in public relations and helping people communicate and 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 be clear and be honest and and um and and talk about uh communicating and, and the ways to effectively communicate to people that's that's been my that's been, that's been my career for more than 30 years and so it's been very disappointing to either see the the industry not stepping up or as sadly is the case it's not so much the industry not stepping up it's the people that are in charge that that are not listening to the advice but we have we have failed so miserably on every count and we have to own up to that folks we have failed on every there's been no there's been no silver lining in how we've dealt with this as i said before except one that we had this vaccine that we that we created this vaccine in record time and yet if you just saw uh you know we we're in florida they let a million testing kits expire I mean, I, I don't understand the, the logic here. It's been really sad, but major, I told you so. I'm just wishing now that people could say, the the, 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 the people in charge, the president, um, the people in public health, just treat us like adults. Stop trying to, to end every sentence with some happy news. It's, it's not there. Let us deal with reality because you keep... You keep handing us these these cookies, and then you're taking them away. Stop it. That's worse. I'd rather not taste the cookie than have a bite and then have it taken away. I'd rather not have it because then now you've, you've wet my appetite. Don't even show me the cookie until you're ready to give it to me and I can eat the whole thing. Don't even tell me I could take my mask off until I really could take my mask off and never put it on again. Don't tell me that the numbers are going down that I can start to get back to normal knowing that they're going to go up again because they're not going down far enough. Just we, we need to just get this over with and we need to take, if it, if it takes the most strict requirements, then that's what it takes. But treat us like adults. Let us absorb the bad news. Here we are in January. I would, I would have the utmost respect for any politician, every public health um, official, anyone who is speaking to the public, I would have the utmost respect for them. I would reelect them. I would follow them. If somebody said once and for all, we don't know what is going to happen, and because this is so volatile, the only advice that we can give you is to get vaccinated stay socially distanced wear your mask and be diligent and that's all i can tell you i can't give you any this is going to be done by march this is going to be done by february it's going to be done by i can't that's all i can tell you right now is if we're going to beat this you have to do those things and we will check back later That's the only real advice. It's the hardest thing to say, and it's the best thing to say. I always said that to some of my clients in public relation. It's not a sin to say, I don't know. 
It's, I would say that to my coworkers, the people that worked for me. Don't tell me you know how to do something if you don't know, because then I'm counting on you to do that. And then if you say because you, you, you're afraid to show that you don't know how to do it, maybe show some weakness, uh, it affects your credibility, whatever, you know, you say, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. Fine. Well, in my mind now, okay, Tom or Nancy said they know how to do it, and I've asked them to do that. So uh, in two weeks when I come back, when I expect it to be done, I, I'm, I'm not going to – that's off my list of things to get done because Tom or Nancy told me they know how to do it. So that's off my, li- that's off my mind until two weeks come by when, it, when, when I need that information. Well, if Tom or Nancy just told me what I wanted to hear – if Tom or Nancy didn't really know how to do it, but they didn't want to show me that they didn't know how to do it, and they didn't say, I don't know how, can you show me how, I would rather take the five or ten minutes it takes to show them how to do it than wait the two weeks on the deadline when I need it and find out they didn't know how to do it or they did it wrong, and now I've got to scramble to get it done. And, and whenever you do something quickly... Or under the gun, a lot of times you do it wrong too. You make a mistake, even if you know how to do something, because you're rushing. We had two weeks to do this. You could have told me you didn't know how to do it. I would have been happy to show you how to do it. So you did it right, and then I could not worry about it. Two weeks comes by, you give me the information. It's exactly it's done exactly correctly, and we move on. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. It's, it's, it's three tough words. But if you can say them, it frees you. And it helps you. Because then someone will say, well, then here's how to do it. You will get help. You will learn something. And you will get the job done correctly. The politicians... The public health people have said, we don't know, but then they've always tempered it. However, oh, but wait, and then they've added this nice little optimistic thing because there's, there's, there's some kind of a, a sense of you can't not tell the truth. You, 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 can't, you can't end on a sad, on a, on, a, on a pessimistic note. This is a pessimistic situation. This is a chance for us. We really could have stepped up and showed what we're really made of. We showed what we're made of. It's nothing. It's goo. It's ooze. It's nothing. There's no backbone here with us, folks. We have no backbone. I don't know. Hard to say, but wow, is it freeing when you say it. That's what needs to be said right now. Do these things and, 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 and just stay the course. We don't know when this is going to end, but we know what's not going to stop it, which is the behavior we're doing now. Keeping things open, not getting vaccinated, spreading like wildfire. So I, I had a big I told you so on this one. And so now I want to, and I didn't even mean to get off on the, on, the, on the COVID situation, but when you're talking about I told you so's, that's a major I told you so. And I did. 
But here's another I told you so that I don't mind bringing up because I've been screaming about this for, wow, I would say almost almost 30 years, a good 25, and... No one, no one has wanted to listen to me. And now I'm seeing in the media, in the public arena, in the public discourse, people finally saying what I've been saying for 20 years or more. Easily 20, if not 25, if not almost 30. But finally, and I don't know how this ha- I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's taken two and a half decades to see what I saw. And I don't even follow this stuff that much. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So I'm getting a big I told you so on this one because I have been screaming about this and I'm, I'm wondering what took so long. And I'm still, I still don't think ultimately that what needs to be done is going to get done. The... The conversation has moved a little more toward that, but I still think at the end of the day, it's going to fall fall short. I'm not. I, I, I'm. I'm. This is. I'm. This is. This deals with sports, but I'm. But I'm going to. But I think it has. Is, is, is there's a bigger meaning to this, and once again, as to how we need to really evaluate and reevaluate how we look at things. So the Chicago Bears, and I talked about them. I, I, I've, this has always been a thorn in my side. So if you've listened to, as I said to you before, listen to the old podcast so you know where we were, so you know where we're going. This is another example of that. And over the last five, almost six years, I've talked about the Bears on and off for more of a, not even about the team, but about the fans and that dynamic. And so there's a major I told you so here. Chicago Bears had a horrible season. It was inevitable it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I told friends of mine the Bears will be lucky to win uh, five or six games this year. They won six. Thank you very much. That was I'm no I'm no football expert. I don't sit here ever. I don't even watch football anymore. I certainly don't watch the Bears. I'm not I'm not I'm not crawling over or I'm not uh, completely surrounded by stats and, and all this stuff. I, I played sports when I was a young kid. I've watched sports from, from when I was a young kid, and I can tell a good team from a bad team. I take that fandom out of it once again. You don't have to. I'm not, I'm not taking bows for for predicting i'm not you know jim jim stradomus <laughs> i'm not predicting anything that i don't have any special predictive powers i have one asset going for me i look at things from a realistic standpoint instead of letting emotion or fandom or you know cloud my vision cuz that's the only way it's really going to work. Now you say, geez, well, that sounds, my Jim, what a, 
you know, you, you, that you sound negative. I'm not sounding negative. This is not being a Debbie Downer. This is not being negative. This is being look at the situation realistically. And then without your biases, your passions, your hopes, your optimism, get, strip all that away and deal with the facts. And if you can do that, I guarantee you that more times than not, you will get a solution. You will get an end result that you want. But most people can't do that. They're not willing to do that. And so they have cockeyed optimism. They have blind faith. And at the end of the day, they are severely disappointed. If you've been a Bear fan, over the last 35 years, the last time they won a Super Bowl, it's over 35 years now. If you have been a Bear fan since they won the Super Bowl in 1986, I don't have any, I don't, I, I don't feel sorry for you. If you're sitting here today very disappointed and frustrated because the last 35 years, the Bears have made horrible decisions. They have never been good. They have never been close to winning a Super Bowl. As much as the fans and the media and everyone else has, throughout the years, have tried to hype it, they have never been close. Yes, I know they were even in a Super Bowl. I understand that. They were in a Super Bowl in 2007. Yes, I understand that. And they got lucky to get in there, and they... Aside from the first play of the game, they didn't belong there, and they lost. And it was the, one of the worst games. It was a horrible, boring game. It was dominated by – the score doesn't show it as much, but they the Bears were completely dominated. They only had one play, the first play of the game. They had a touchdown on the first play, Devin Hester. And that was the last time that the Bears had ever had a chance to win that game, after the first play. That was it. They have been horrible. I have said publicly and personally – privately, and I probably lost some friendships. But I've told people, the Bears will never win a championship as long as the McCaskies are the owners. And people look at me like, well, and, and they're offended they're, because some people, this is their lives. And I've, I've, this, I've said this many times. I blame, the, I, I blame the ownership, but I also blame the fans because the fans have given the Bears such blind faith and blind loyalty, and they're always looking on the bright side, even though the decisions have been made have been terrible. The Bears have never hired, since they fired Mike Ditka, have never hired an established, proven, upper-tier, expensive head coach or expensive general manager. They have never done it. They've always hired up-and-comers, got them on the cheap, and they got what they paid for. And Bear fans, year after year, decade after decade, have given them the benefit of the doubt. They've continued to buy the season tickets. They've continued to buy the jerseys. They've continued to buy the paraphernalia. They've continued to watch the games. And so the Bears' coffers get full. And they know that they don't really need to deliver a winner to sustain that team. 
The fans keep coming back. And as much as they keep saying the same stuff over and over again, the Bears have been in a three- or four-year cycle of firing their front office, their general manager, and their coach for the last 35 years. They've been in a three- or four-year cycle. They fired Ditka. They hired Wonstadt and Jerron and Trestman and... um, and Lovey Smith and say, oh, well, Lovey Smith got him. Lovey Smith at the end of the day was a 500 coach. If you add all the playoffs and all the seasons, 500 coach at, coach at best. That's not good enough. 500 isn't good enough. Going to the Super Bowl isn't good enough. You have to win it. That's, that is the ultimate prize. That's how you're graded. It may not be fair, but that's how you're graded. So don't talk to me about Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith way overstayed his welcome here. And when he left here, he went to Tampa Bay, and they didn't buy his game and buy his 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 shtick for more than a year and a half, and they fired him. And then they hired him at the University of Illinois, and oh, Lovey, and then they fired him. So don't talk to me about Lovey Smith. He was a glorified assistant coach, and that's all he ever is. No no coach, no head coach at the Bears hired and then fired has ever gone on to any success at the pro level. They've gone and, and they've coached college to Midland, uh, Midland success, but none of them, that the ba- no coach that the Bears fired have ever gone back at the professional level and been successful. So what does that tell you? They've, they're... they're the ownership has a horrible track record of assessing talent. And the main reason why is that they don't want to pay what it costs. They've never hired a multiple Super Bowl winner coach, multiple Super Bowl winner general manager, because that costs money. So they've... Given they've gotten bargain basement people, they get up-and-comers who jump at the chance to work for the Bears, right? One of the storied uh, franchises in NFL history. And they get them on the cheap, and they get exactly and, and they get exactly what they paid for. And then every three to four years, we go through this same stuff. And, the, and, they, and they have to clean house and start from scratch, and that's where we are today. This gets back to be realist. This gets back to my my earlier thing about how we're talking about COVID. Same thing. I have been realistic. I said, no, this guy, when when they hired Nagy and Ryan Pace, Pace seven years ago, Nagy four, I said, they'll both be fired without any kind of winning going on here. Oh, you say, well, Nagy won his first year. He was 12 and four. They went, you know. Did they get to the Super Bowl? They went, then F, failure. Winning the Super Bowl is the ultimate grade. They didn't get there. F. Ryan Pace had never been a general manager before for a team. Nagy had never been a head coach before for a team. Why are they the head coach for the Bears? Why are they a general manager for the Bears? If they'd never done it before... Why are the Bears the ones that are because they're, they they don't want to pay for top talent and the fans? So that's 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 on them. They have a right to run the team any way they can or they want to. 
But they're running it that way because the fans have allowed them to do it. Because they have accepted this ineptitude and continued to let their passion and their loyalty for the team overshadow their their realism. I saw that Nagy and Pace were going to fail. I told people that. I said, Nagy will, will be fired in three or four years. I'm no great. I'm, this is not I, don't, I'm not. I don't have any secret keys here. I just know that this guy has never coached before. And the Bears didn't have that kind of talent. This is a thing. This is a league where you need to have experienced people. The Bears are one of the, the founding franchises. The Bears should always be hiring the best people and have the best people in place. Not getting bargain basement. But they know they can because the fans will always be there. The fans will always hope. And hope based on nothing except hope usually gets you no place. They hired this guy, Mark Trestman, never coached in the the, the NFL as a head coach. Oh, he was in Canada. Doesn't matter. That's a different game. Stop it. Pay the money. This dates back to when the when from the year after the Bears won the Super Bowl in 1986. I could tell then that the McCaskies were never going to get back and win a Super Bowl again. From the year after, even when Mike Dicka was still there, and all the team they just won, they, they, they won one of the most convincing Super Bowl victories in history. And the next season, I said to my friends, they're finished. What are you talking about? They got everybody back. No, they don't have everybody back. No, they didn't have everybody back. The Bears would not pay Wilbur Marshall, and they let him go. And the Bears would not pay Buddy Ryan, the defensive coach that was a key to that team, and they let him go to another team to become a head coach, of which he had you know, marginal success. But if they would have put some real money in front of Buddy Ryan and said, look at Buddy, I know you want to be a head coach, but we're going we're gonna to give you, at that time, a million dollars a year, stay here, for two more years at least, and let's really make a dynasty here and make some history. And then, you know what? After we've won two or three Super Bowls in a row, they had the talent to do that. Then go ahead and coach and and be a head coach and run your thing. But we're going to give you $2 million or a million dollars to stay here and, 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 and keep us winning. And they didn't do it. And they let Wilbur Marshall, one of their best young players, who was a key to that defense, he wanted more money. They let him go, and they never were able to replace him. And they never returned to the past glory. That was their first real decision. Because the McCaskies did not hire, they, they don't get credit for the Bears Super Bowl. They were owners, but they didn't hire the key people that brought that Super Bowl. Mike Ditka. Jim Finks, Jerry Venisi. That was hired by George Hallis, who sadly passed away and never saw that, that success come. So the McCaskey uh, ownership does not get credit for that Super Bowl. They were owners at the time, but they did nothing to, to, uh, to create that, that team and that chemistry and those people. So they don't get credit for that. They, 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 their, their ownership started when they fired Ditka. And 
because that was their real first move. Or when they let Buddy Ryan go that next year, or when they didn't uh, they didn't hire Wilbur Marshall the next season, months later. That was that that's when their ownership really took place, and it has been an abysmal failure for the last thirty five years since then. And they've had winning seasons, yes, and they've beat the Packers and big big whip. That whole Bears Packer thing is a bunch of BS. They haven't won a Super Bowl in 35 years. That's the, that is the defining uh, measure of success, and they haven't done it. And I said it before, but now, so I've been screaming for the last 15 years, the Bears will never win a Super Bowl as long as the McCaskies own the team. They have to sell the team. They can't do it. And Bear fans would all, oh, well, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, because they're letting all their fandom and emotion, and I know that people are invested in this. Bear fans, they love to get together. They have their special foods and their snacks and their, uh, their special shirts and hats that they wear. I get it. It's a way of life. It's 16, 17 now weeks that this is where people bond family-wise, friend-wise. I get it. It's a part of the culture. It's a part of their lives. I get it. But don't you also get tired of the same story? Because those of us who look at it from an objective view clearly see the problem. But now what I find interesting is that finally, it's taken 35 years, but I think the, it's, it's taken how many cleaning houses, how many three or four year cycles that I've been screaming about and telling people, and they all just look at me, and, uh, and then, it, then when I say, well, I told you, yeah, well, but, oh, but this new guy, oh, and then I hear that, and I go, oh, here we go again, and here we have gone again, and here we are again. Remember about, I told you about how we got an F in handling COVID? Bear fans got an, have an F in terms of how they handle their fandom because the Bear fans have the power. Stay away. I know it's hard. Stay away. Stop watching. Stop going. Stop buying the stuff. You watch how fast. But finally, I'm hearing fans, and and most of all, I'm shocked, I'm hearing the media, the established media, sports writers, TV people, they're now all of a sudden saying that, that the McCaskies need to, to sell the team, or the McCaskies don't get it, or the McCaskies can own it, but they can't run it. I've been saying that for 15 years at least. And everybody looks at me like, oh, well, you just don't like the Bears. No, that's no, I like the Bears. That's why I don't want this to happen. I say that about everything. Well, you say, well, well you, you're not a fan. No, it's not that I'm, I am a fan. You're not a fan. Because you're giving blind faith and loyalty when it's not deserved. I'm a fan. I want the team to do good. I'm looking at it from a realistic standpoint. They're not good. I don't have my life invested in it where that I'm, I'm going to have my seven-layer uh, seven you know, uh, uh, salad at, uh, on Sunday with my friends. So then if, if you want that, then that's, if that's more important to you than, winning, than the team winning, then, then that's what you're getting. 
You get to have your favorite chili and your seven bean salad and you wear your bear's hat and you go to a bar, whatever, and, you, and, you, and you're having your camaraderie. If that's what it means to be a bear fan, then you have it. You can have that forever. But you also are going to have a losing team. And that's what you've had for the last 35 years. But I've been, I've been surprised and heartened to finally hear People saying, fans, the media, that this team doesn't get it. That this ownership doesn't get it. And that they should either sell it or put it in the hands of people that know how to do it. Of getting a proven, and all of a sudden I'm hearing proven track record. I'm hearing Super Bowl winning coaches. I'm hearing Super Bowl, this is what I've been screaming about. I am a Bear fan. I'm a Bear fan who doesn't watch Bear games because they don't deserve my attention. They don't deserve my loyalty. When they do, I will give it to them. In in 83 and 84 and 85 and 86, I was there. I was watching every game. I was wearing Bear stuff because they were making a real effort to be a, a Super Bowl team. And I was there, and I gave them my attention, I gave them my money, I gave them my fandom. So yes, I am a Bear fan. I'm not a blind faith Bear fan, though. And that is about 99.9 of the Bear fans. But maybe, just maybe now, this team, in this last four years with Nagy, and this last seven with Ryan Pace, have been an abysmal failure. That maybe even now, these these crazy, unrelenting Bear fans, even this is getting too much for them. Even the media at this point, who is always trying to put a a, a bright side on it, because they, you know, the media lives on advertising, lives on fans. So you can't really, if, if in this town, you can't be an anti-Bear person. I may have told you the story before. I was not, I was not allowed. I didn't find this out until many years later. But this is my point. I'm I'm walking the walk here, folks. One of my friends, when I was in my early twenties, we we were watching a bear game at the, at, 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 at on a Monday night game. It was the it was the year that the Bears were were the you know were were going on to to win the Super Bowl and they the only game they lost that year I believe was to the uh, Miami Dolphins on Monday night and they played horribly and it was clear from the beginning they they Bears just didn't have it and we were all at my friend's house and his dad was there and once again I guess I'm I guess I'm the turd in the punch bowl but I was like wow this wow they don't have it tonight you could see it from the from the first quarter they just didn't have it and I said that I've always spoken my mind. It may have been maybe my greatest asset and maybe my biggest liability. I don't know. But I can't not I can't keep my mouth shut when I see something like that. So I said, uh, yeah, well, well, this one's well, little did I know. I found this out decades later that when we left, my friend's father said, I don't ever want him back in this house to watch a bear game. <laughs> I was in my twenties early 20s but this was a diehard bear family and here i was 
talking bad against the Bears, even though I was right. They lost the game. They played terribly. Ask anybody who remembers that season. Oh, my gosh, that Miami game. Yeah, well, my my big sin was I was telling it like it was. I was being realistic. I wasn't being crossing my fingers and saying, maybe the Bears can win. Oh, maybe they can have a miracle. It's not going to happen. You could see they weren't. I, I was looking at it from a realistic standpoint. Always have. Once again, that may have been that be that may be my greatest asset. It may be my biggest liability, but that's who I am. And I found out later that I was banned from watching football games at that. I, I it never really occurred to me, but when I think back, it's like, yeah, you know what? I never got invited back. <laughs> so. This is not about well. You're not a bear fan. I am. If I, I, my argument is, I am bigger. I'm a bigger bear fan than any bear fan that has all the paraphernalia and watches every game because I will not give them my loyalty until they earn it. And to me, that's a fan. I want them to win. All these bear fans that have been giving the benefit of the doubt for 35 years, you haven't been fans. You've been contributing. To their mediocrity, their mediocrity, because you have continued to show this loyalty that they're not showing you. They've been playing you for saps. Now, maybe finally, Bear fans are waking up because I'm seeing when the media gets tired of it. And then, of course, they're all lemmings and they follow each other. Now, once it's once there, there seems to be a consensus. Nobody wants to say anything bad. But when things get so bad, then. It finally becomes they even the media that's known it for years. They let their guard down because they get they start to sense that the fans are feeling that and they feel comfortable. Five or six years from now, you could never have said the Bears like I have that the Bears will never win another championship as long as the McCann. You couldn't say that because the fans weren't there yet. But now the fans are. They, they may not be there totally yet, but they're moving toward it. And so now the media feels a little more courageous a little more bold to tell the truth which has been there for 25 years but everybody has tried to put you know to put a news coat of paint on this dying thing and it's been dying for 35 years it really has once again show me the show me the super bowl rings after 86 where you show me one and I'll take back everything I've said show me the Super Bowl winning ring that the Bears have won since 1986 show it to me where is it that's the ultimate measure of success in football period you got to win the Super Bowl if you don't you failed F F oh maybe next forget that if you start off the season not Believing that you have a legitimate shot, not a pie in the sky, not a hopeful, if everything goes right, no. If you start out every season without thinking that you have the tools to beat the best teams in the league, the Bears win games against horrible teams and Bear fans get all excited. They beat crap teams. That's all they beat. They never beat good teams. That's why they win six games. That's why they win eight games. They're, they're, they're not beating the good teams. They're never in the upper echelon. 
Even when they were 12 and 4, they lost to they had the double doink. Why were they why were they even losing? You know they say, "Oh well, that was a bad, you remember the remember the kick that hit the two uh, posts and they lost the game and it fell out. Well, that's bad luck. It's not bad luck. Why were why were the Eagles even in that game? If the Bears were so good, if they had such if they were 12 and 4 and they were such and it was a legitimate 12 and 4 record, which it obviously was not, they would have they they should have wiped the the, the field with the the the, the Eagles should never have been in that game. They didn't deserve to even be close. The Bears shouldn't even had to have had to rely on a on a last sec, second double doink field goal if the Bears were so good. They weren't. They haven't had a a seriously good team since 1986. It's just that it's that's just the truth. And this management, this ownership is responsible for that. But this fandom is responsible for it too. So here this week, the Bears once again, as I as predicted, but once again, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't. If, if you look at it from a real, realistic standpoint, this was inevitable. On the day they hired him, I said he'll be fired in three or four years. I told that to somebody. Well, geez, he's just starting. Give him a chance. No, this guy is not a. This guy is not a viable. Top line proven record coach, and he will not take them to the Super Bowl. I said that. And when they hired this Ryan Pace, who has never been a general manager at all, but he had the nice hairstyle, he was a nice guy. I don't want a nice guy. Bill Belichick is a jerk, but he's a great coach. That's who I want. This is not about nice guys. Pro football, pro sports is a cutthroat business, and it's about winning and losing. That's how you are graded. Not about being a nice guy. Ryan Pace shouldn't have been anywhere near the general general manager's job for a, for a team like the Chicago Bears, which, as I said before, should have the, the cream of the crop. They're one of the oldest uh, founding members of the NFL in a major market city. They, they, the Bears should never be, should be in contention every year. They should have the top, they should have the best people and they should always be in contention and they are the exact opposite. The Bears are run like a second tier or third tier minor market team, the expansion team that has no history behind it. It's 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 embarrassing. It's 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 a travesty. And that's how they've been run for the last 35 years. And finally the media is coming out against the McCaskies. And finally, maybe, the fans are too. I can only, but, but, but here's the problem. They're going to name a new general manager. And they're going to name a new coach. And we're going to hear all the same positive platitudes from the general manager and from the coach and from the ownership that we heard when Mike Wanstat was, Dave Wanstat was hired, and when Dick Geron was hired, and when Lovey Smith was hired, and when John Fox was hired, and when Mark Trestman was hired, and when Matt Nagy was hired. And we're going to hear those same platitudes again and if the if the if the people in charge do not have 
a proven track record of winning, of winning the Super Bowl. If the general manager, the Bears, who the hire, has not won at least one Super Bowl, if the, if the coach has not won one Super Bowl, this is a failure. Because you know what's scaring me out there? Once again, this, this cuddly bear family BS. Because sadly, there are two coaches out there with ties to the Bears. Jim Harbaugh and Leslie Frazier. They were both Bear players. And while they are okay coaches, Jim Harbaugh had some initial success in San Francisco, but only when Colin Colin Kaepernick was playing out of his mind. And Leslie Frazier, who was a head coach in Minnesota, and now he's an assistant coach, but the Bears love to do that. Oh, we got this guy from our past. Both of those, both of those guys were played during the Ditka era. So, and I, I believe Leslie Frazier was on the on that Super Bowl team. My fear is they're going to hire one of those two for this nostalgic, sentimental thing. And once again, neither of neither of them have been a head coach who've won a Super Bowl. So they don't that that the list of bear coaches that's what that should be it. At least one Super Bowl. But that's going to cost money. And so my fear is for all the we're going to go and scour the league and bop, 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 my fear is at the end of the day that they are going to hire people that have never been in charge and won a Super I don't I I don't want to hear about people who have been on a staff that have won a Super Bowl. I want to hear about I want somebody who has been the main person, the buck stops here person, the head coach and the general manager who have won Super Bowls. That should be the list. And my fear is it will not be the list. And we're going to hear the same platitudes and the same optimism. And my biggest fear is that Bear fans are going to buy into it. They're going to be sucked into it. They're going to give them that loyalty again. They're going to give them that benefit of the doubt because they can't help it. And in four years from now or three years from now, there's going to be another firing after four years of of bad football and another cleaning of the house, and another re-examination. That's my fear. That. So all I can tell you is right now, if the Bears hire, let me just let me just say this and get it out here on the record. If the Bears hire a coach who is not a head coach, who has not won a Super Bowl as a head coach, if the Bears hire a general manager who has not won a Super Bowl as a general manager, not as on a staff, not as a subordinate, the main person, if those two positions are filled by people that have never won a Super Bowl as their title with the Bears, they will be three or four and out, or they certainly will deserve to be. So let me say it again. Because that we, we will just be revisiting and returning to the same strategy. 
as we've had before. You've got to pay to play. And if the Bears want to build some crazy stadium, some state-of-the-art stadium, which is another horrible Bear decision that they've stayed in, in Soldier Field for 40 years, a Chicago Park District field, instead of a world-class stadium that a major market historic team deserves, they should have had one for the last 30 years. Instead, they're playing at a Park District stadium where high school kids play. That's that's an ownership decision once again, folks. That's cheaping. That's being cheap. There's a trail here. They better put a team on the field where people are going to want to keep buying season tickets and support a team, and because the season tickets will be a lot more expensive if they go to Arlington Heights. If they're going to build a two or three billion dollar stadium, you can bet that the the average ticket price and the season ticket price are going to be pretty pretty steep. So if you want that, you better put a team on the field that deserves that and deserves the fans' loyalty. I beg Bear fans, do not fall for it one more time. Demand excellence or stay away. That's the way the bear management will respond if you stay away. But if you continue to let your emotion and your passion and your loyalty overcome reality, you will continue to be disappointed. I don't feel sorry for bear fans. I don't. You are enablers. You've enabled the bear management to do this. You've given them your heart. I feel sorry for you, but I don't feel sorry for you because you've enabled this. It's hard. I get it, but you have to stay away. I'm, I've been a bear fan. I haven't watched a bear game in many years. They don't deserve my time. Oh, well, you're not a bear fan. Once again, yes, I am when they deserve my loyalty not when they play these these same games of manipulating and taking advantage of me and exploiting me like they have bear fans for the last 35 years so this week when the bears fired their coach and their general manager i just sat back earlier in the podcast i said there's three words that are very difficult to say i don't know there's four words that i sometimes will say and sometimes won't but i'll always think (laughs) but i'm saying it this time because they deserve to be said When it comes to the Bears and it comes to the McCaskey ownership and it comes to horrible decisions on coaches and front offices, and here we are again in 2022 with the Bears cleaning house after yet another unsuccessful tenure of hiring unqualified people, hiring people on the cheap, The result was inevitable. And so I will say these four words 
and not feel guilty this time. I told you so. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed episode number 295. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. Bear down, Chicago Bear fans.